it's time. Wake up your potential. Let go of your fears and anxieties. And let's discover what is possible. Emerge and become who you were meant to be. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 530. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and today I'm thrilled to introduce our guest, Cody Dakota Wooten, the founder of Loco Coyote. Cody is a leadership coach, speaker, teacher, podcaster, and author in the making with an amazing story, which we will get to. But Cody, I want to share with you, I, I shared with you earlier that my first okay. business, which was a failure, was uh-huh. a failure that taught me many things. Let me just, I know as, you as know that. As they usually yep. do, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> just like the first marriage. <laughs> the name was Kaleidoscope. Uh-huh. And so that was in my email, Kim at Kaleidoscope Cards and Crafts. This is the first time I've publicly shared the name on here. You can look it up, people. <laughs> it does not have good reviews because I made every single possible bad mistake I could have. But the problem was nobody knew how to spell Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. <laughs> it, but it had a sentimental reason yep. for me. And my grandfather, who was very inspirational in my life, helped me create a kaleidoscope for my third grade science fair. That's awesome. And he was he was a big father figure in my life. So I was thinking about him and you know scrapbooking all the colors and you can you can shape them together in all these different appearances and then I was yeah. like, "Oh, a kaleidoscope. That would be perfect." However, I didn't think about it. So all these people would complain that, you know, I wasn't responding to emails, but that <laughs> part wasn't necessarily my fault. It was that they didn't know how to spell kaleidoscope. Yeah, that <laughs> That's that's the challenge sometimes with coming up with something that you absolutely love, but maybe a bit on the more challenging side of the spelling bee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Listeners, I just want you to know, before we jump into Cody's story, the big mistakes came from the fact that I thought that since I could get inventory from a place that was only a day away via UPS, that I should just post their whole catalog on my e-commerce shop. And if anybody orders anything... Hey, I'll order it from my distributor. I'll get it within a day. The customer never needs to know. But this is scrapbooking. So you can't just (laughs) order one piece of paper. If a client orders one piece of paper, you actually have to order a pack of 25 or 50. So once I started loading my store and had like 10,000 items up, people started ordering like 100 different sheets of paper. And all of a sudden I have to buy 100 packs of 25 to 50. So quickly, $100,000 in debt later, I realized that was Ooh. not a good idea. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a little bit painful. Yeah, maxed out every single credit card, couldn't, oh, couldn't order no. any more until more people came in, but I didn't even put two and two together. Like, well, maybe, Kim, you should take down all those products that you don't have in stock yet. So I left oh. those up so they keep on ordering more than I don't have. Yeah, vicious cycle. I will never do that again. But the good news there is you learned the lesson. It it didn't take you long to learn that lesson. It took me a bit longer than it should have. But that that's just because of my stubbornness. <laughs> I am very stubborn. And I think that would surprise a lot of people. But if if I don't get the idea, there's a great upcoming episode. And I'm sure this episode is going to be fabulous when we actually jump into what your story is and get your, your mm-hmm. nuggets. I mean, it's already great. But I interviewed Jared Hanning yesterday, who said to me, he said, most struggling entrepreneurs, their to-do list is stacked full, like 90% full of tasks that either Mm -hmm. they should not be doing or Mm -hmm. that they should be delegating to others. And I've heard this before. And I looked at my to-do list because it's in my journal right next to me. And eight out of the 10 things or six out of the eight things were things that I shouldn't have been doing. Like clean my email inbox from 350 down to 50. That was on my list mm-hmm. for yesterday. Like seriously, Kim, you have an awesome team of eight. Why is this on <laughs> your to-do list? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I, I think that's a trap that a lot of entrepreneurs fall into. Like like you're saying, it, we get these ideas in our head that we have to do everything. And the less of a team you have, too, a lot of the times, the more you feel like you have to do everything yourself. And that that really just leads to exhaustion more than anything. There's, do you know the 80-20 the rule? Yes, and I actually had Perry Marshall on a few months ago to talk about 80-20 sales and marketing. That's As awesome. a result of that conversation, I let two clients go. Hey, and sometimes sometimes that's what is called for. Oh, yeah. Those, those clients aren't really bringing you value. And like so many people, before they get into the entrepreneur game, they're like, oh my gosh, how could you ever give up a client? And the thing is, if the client isn't a right fit for you and... If you're not a right fit for them, you're not doing anyone any good by keeping them as clients. Well, you know, the, my issue was that they were taking up 95% of my time for these two and we're only contributing like max 5% of my income. Yep, exactly. And they were stressing me out. So, and then you can't really focus on helping the people that you have the major ability to help. Absolutely. And there were a lot. I mean, there were a lot of other clients. There are a lot of other clients on my roster who paid significantly more. And I was more passionate about their work, but I just didn't have any time with it. It became a vicious cycle of stress. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And that, and then, you know, it, it just makes your business not what you want it to be. It becomes kind of more of a hassle than, you know, the the fun, exciting adventure that you wanted it to be at the beginning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I do have a team, Cody, of eight. And there are a couple who manage my inbox, one who specifically cleans and another one who will respond and delegate out to other yeah. people. And the one who delegates was like, there's another message. There's another message. There's another message. There's another message. Do you have time for this? Like, no, I really don't. And we teams don't have to be expensive. No, but, not at all. And they get significantly less expensive when there's awesome leadership. I mean, I, I struggle with leadership sometimes just because I don't delegate. But it's the company culture is important. The oh, yeah. appreciation of how your team is or what your team is doing, what they want to learn, where they want to grow to. I mean, all of that exactly. is really important too. And I know that you have a perspective of leadership, but before we jump into that, sure. now that I've like, <laughs> actually, I just, I just realized, oh my gosh, did I push start recording? Yes, I did. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> but I would love for you to tell a, a little bit of your story to the listeners so they understand where you came from and how you got to, well, here. Sure. Awesome. So, um, there's a couple of places that sometimes I start my story, but I think I should kind of go really back to the beginning for me, which is from when I was younger. And um, growing up, I was raised by three women. I was raised by my mother, my grandmother, and my aunt because my father decided not to be a part of my life. There are some very interesting reasons behind that. He happened to be married to another woman when he got married to my mother. And so that is an interesting situation to understand. And um, yeah, exactly. And then along with that, he had two other kids outside of me with my mother. So he decided to, well, my mother got full custody of me. But he had the ability to be a part of my life. That was part of the agreement. And he never chose to ever be there for me. So I grew up without a father. And for me, it was it was one of those things where you, you get to a certain age and you're kind of like, everyone else has a dad. Why don't I? You know? Right. And it, it makes you just ask this question, where's the male figure in your life? The good news is that the three women who raised me, my mother, my grandmother, my aunt, are just phenomenal, phenomenal figures in my life who I absolutely love dearly. And they each gave me really important pieces to what it is to to become a leader. My mother has always been a very strong figure, always pushed forward. She never wanted me to feel like I was lacking in life. And so she always made things work. 
So even if it was a hard time, she was going to figure out how we were going to make the best of everything. My grandmother is one of the best people people that I know. She understands how to listen to people really well, how to get to the deeper meanings of things. When, when people have problems, they always go to her. And then my aunt, she is a, a free loving spirit that wants to always have fun and, and experience the world and do crazy things. And so each of them brought these different strengths to me in helping me grow up, which I'm eternally grateful for. Did they teach you how to do fingernails? They did not teach me how to do fingernails. I'm sorry. Um, I know that was really random. <laughs> Before my husband and I met, I created a yeah. soulmate spec sheet and it was like 57 items long. And I wanted okay. a man who would paint my fingernails. I have to say my first husband couldn't stand the smell of nail polish. So my nails were just never done or I would do them just to take them off. Yeah. Listeners, not many people get on my bad side, when, but when people are on my bad side, I'll push buttons on purpose. <laughs> And so I had it on my spec sheet that that's something I was looking for. And wouldn't you know that when I found him on Craigslist, by the way, one of the things that he mentioned in his ad was I was raised by three women and his dad, but he didn't put that in it. His <laughs> his stepmom and his two sisters. And I've been, you know, doing their nails since I can remember I'll, I do anything to pamper my lady. And I was like, this is strange. Like a 50 <laughs> out of the 57 items were right there in his ad. So, sorry, yeah. I just had to ask. No, that and that that right there is is so awesome because w what you're just describing is basically manifesting something into your life. And we we don't think about doing it in that way most of the time. Most people think about like manifesting their business into their lives, but you can if you know what it is you want, what what I've discovered in life is that once you have that clear picture of it, even if you don't know exactly how you're going to get there or who's going to come along the way, the pieces begin to line together. And so when you had that mental image of what you wanted in a husband, you ended up seeing the right person. Oh, yeah. And that's happened multiple times. It's crazy how many times it's happened in my life. Like I've gotten kittens that I was only joking about wanting. <laughs> like, my husband, we had a fight. And he's like, what can I do to make it up to you? And just joking, I said, I want three kittens. Well, that same day, he accidentally let mama cat out of the house. And uh -oh. she went out, had some fun, came back. And two months later, we had five. Hey, yeah, more to party, right? So I learned <laughs> just if you're not serious, don't put it out there. Don't write it down. Don't say it. Because <laughs> Kim, you are. <laughs> you're Before good. you know it. Yeah, it's there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so, wonderful. Cody, did you did you find the father figure you were looking for? And I don't mean in the way of you know, a yeah. relative. Yeah, I get exactly what you mean. And I did. I've kind of had I would say kind of two major father figures in my life. And the first one, um, we had we had some family friends. My mom put me in martial arts when I was about five years old, and I've been practicing ever since. So there's two decades of experience there. And within the martial arts world, she kind of put me there because she wanted me to find more male figures that were positive. And um, we, we ended up finding some really good family friends. And the family we became really good friends with, they had two kids, and the three of us hung out together all the time. And their father put a, a lot of fantastic wealth into my life. Um, his name's Bernie Zanoni. And um, I, it's crazy how people who aren't related to you can often be more family than the people who are related to you. Amen to that. Yeah. And so he was just a phenomenal figure. I've, I've been on vacation with them before and... I'm just blessed to have had them in my life. And then when I got into high school, my mother went to a family reunion. And lo and behold, she met a guy there that she had gone to high school with, you know, years before. And then they started dating. And since then, he has absolutely been an amazing part of my my life. He taught me how to drive. 
and he, he's always been there for me through the rough times. Um, his name's Travis, um, and he's. I, but hold up, because I, up? this is that. That's just. It's sort of funny to hear you say she. She met him at a family reunion. Oh no! Sorry, not a family reunion. A high school reunion. Oh, okay. Whoops. I was like, wait my, a my second. Word so <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. This story is getting super interesting. Like, is he at least a fourth no. cousin? <laughs> no, no, sorry. No, that sometimes my head goes a little bit faster than my words are able to come up with. And then oh, that's, weird things like that get said. <laughs> that's a day in the life of positive productivity. Welcome. I forgot to put hey. that out into the pre-chat chat. We're here. Yeah. We're now. Yeah. It's okay. We mess up. Uh huh. Constantly, and we oh, and and it makes for fun times and interesting conversation when our head and our mouth don't connect properly. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. So it it was a high school reunion, not a family reunion. Okay. It's like, huh? This Ooh. story's okay. Yeah. Ooh, so get awesome. That, get that sweat off my forehead there. Well, so yeah. So you went. I know a little bit more of your bio, but I really want to. I want to catch up to what you're doing now so i know sure. you went to college y- yeah you had ideas you ended up going what for for sports for lacrosse yes so in high school i kind of was looking in the landscape of what it is you can do in the world and i always wanted to help people and i really think that came from one my background and two the all the women who raised me who always were helping people when they could And so my whole idea is like, how can I help people in the world? And the best major I saw for that was counseling psychology. But then I had just this absolute love of lacrosse and I was going to go pro and make it big and, you know, make a huge paycheck because pro lacrosse players make all the bank, which is not true. Most pro lacrosse players actually have a second job. Yeah, you had me confused for a second because I've never heard of a pro (laughs) lacrosse player. (laughs) They exist. Yeah, no, they mm. they exist. There's actually two leagues in the United States. And yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. Most, yeah. most people don't have any idea unless you grew up around the sport. And it's growing in popularity, but it you don't make enough of a, a bank account from playing lacrosse to make that your full time profession. Even the top players, they either have a second job or they have major sponsorships from outside companies. Mm. And so I was obviously brilliant in my high school career and decided I was going to play lacrosse in college. And it was the University of Dallas, which is in Irving, Texas. But they recruited me to play NCAA Division Three lacrosse. Wow. Yeah. And so I went ahead, went to that school because they recruited me. And that obviously was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And their psychology program wasn't really designed for counseling psychology. It was more like the scientific research that goes into psychology. So like your every, like the marshmallow test or Pavlov's dog's experiments, that's more of what they did. And I love learning about that field of psychology, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like in the mud helping people. And then, so at that point, I I just wasn't really sure what it was I was going to do. And so I decided to go with a business major because I figured at the very least, no one's going to question me about it, right? You get an English major or a philosophy major. The first thing people say is, what do you plan to do with that degree? And I just didn't want to be asked that question. So I decided I'm going to be practical and I'm going to get a business major. If you could go back and do it again, would you do it differently? That's a fantastic question, Kim, because I think a lot of people in my situation probably would say they would go back and change it. But I don't believe that what happens in our lives happens by mistake. I think that the things that happen in our lives really shape us and help us become who it was we're meant to be. And so honestly, I wouldn't go back and change it, no matter the good or the bad that happened along the way. The best of times, the worst of times, I would keep everything exactly the same. I would go through the same best times and I would go through the same worst times. Because I would not be where I am today. I would not have the dreams I have today. I would not be on the path that I'm on today if it hadn't have been for the experiences I had. 
yeah, I've thought about that with my first husband. You know, would I go back and do it again? And I would, because there is no way that I would have wound up in Ohio had I not married him. Ohio's not a bad place. I just want to put that out there. It's not a bad place. <laughs> but we moved here after I got a job to be closer to his family. And then long story short, we were not a good match. And I met my my amazing soulmate husband because we were living here. I mean, I wouldn't have been on the Dayton, Ohio Craigslist board looking for furniture. He had not. Exactly. I married the first husband and wound up here. So, And I know you had one of those amazing first relationships that <laughs> that didn't exactly go as planned, but led yeah. you to where you are today too. Yeah, no. And, and that relationship was the hardest part of my life. And I, I'm more than happy to talk about that if you think that would be beneficial to talk about for your audience. But it was sometimes there are things that happen to people that should never happen. And sometimes those things we accidentally cause in our lives to happen to us. And and I would say that's basically what happened with that relationship. Do you want me to go into that story? Let's just leave it at that because we I think everybody knows like, well, not not everybody. A lot of people have had that relationship that was bad but good all at the same time because <laughs> well, I really want you to share <laughs> what you're doing now because I'm really okay. excited by it and I'm afraid that we're going to get to the end and be like okay <laughs> listeners you're getting okay. a true like authentic experience of podcasting today actually <laughs> you know we didn't know how we were going to get to it if we were going to get to it but you shared with me something that you're working on Yes. Just before we get on or got on. So I'd love for you to share that and then tell the listeners how you got to that. Okay. Well, that's a great question, how I got to that. And it's one of those things, like we were talking about earlier, actually, where you begin to formulate the ideas of where you want to go and then things manifest in your life like you would never expect. So what I'm working on right now, I was asked to join a contest uh, and it's called Extraordinarians for coaches with ideas and concepts that can change people, businesses and the world for the better. And so I am currently in this contest and what the contest revolves around is basically coming up with a book concept for something that can change the world. And so for me in my life, something I've always had questions about is leadership and how do you become a leader? How do you turn yourself into a leader if you've never had good leaders in your life or you've had missing leaders in your life? And I mean, my mother, my grandmother and my aunt were fantastic leaders in my life. My father was not a good leader in my life. And then I've had good leaders along the way. I started working when I was 12 years old. And I've been in a few different industries since. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen leadership from many different perspectives, whether it's in the home, in the business, etc. And what I continuously find, I've been, I've been researching really in depth this research for about two years now. And what I keep continuing to find is that there is absolutely amazing information in the world about leadership. There are books upon books upon books, and all of these books are absolutely fantastic. But we still continue to find people who have no idea how to become a leader. And they can read these books and still not figure it out. And so my question became, how, how is it that you can have all this fantastic information, you can have good leaders that exist in the world, and you still can't figure out how to become a leader. Cody, and do you think everybody is meant to become a leader, though? Or do you think some people are just meant to be on the sidelines being led? That's a beautiful question. And I think that everyone is designed to become a leader in different capacities. So my personal view on leadership is that leadership is basically the ultimate goal of personal development, right? So as you develop yourself more, you become a leader. And what that means is going to be different for different people. There's, you know, you have leadership in business, you have leadership in the house, you have leadership at church, you have leadership within nonprofit. I mean, 
the list goes on and on as to where you can be a leader, right? You can you can just be a leader amongst friends, even. I never thought about that, even just coordinating an outing with friends. Now, exactly. for the public record, I am not a leader in the kitchen. <laughs> I am oh. shocked that I actually, okay, this is not difficult, people, but I did make tacos last night without burning the ground beef. However, I, I, I like sorted out. Like, I don't, I, is it possible to burn ground beef? I can one up you, Kim. Are you ready for this? Yes. I have managed to burn water. What did you do? Boil the pot dry? Yeah. Yeah, I've done exactly that too. That's exactly what I did. Yep. <laughs> yep. I've done that too. I was actually on a mastermind call one night about six months ago, and one of my fellow mastermind members was eating a bag of popcorn. Uh huh. Well, this was not me, but one of my children has learned cooking skills from his mama. And all of a sudden, I smell burning. I was like, Robert, make me popcorn. So he goes out there, and that's when I smelled the burning. (laughs) Listeners, if you put a bag of popcorn in the microwave upside down, so, you know, I never understood that there really was a reason why it says this side up, you will get fire. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. Yes. I, (laughs) I just thought it was words on there, you know. But sometimes those words really should be read and acknowledged. <laughs> sometimes they actually have a purpose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I, I can't even tell you how many words I ignore. But this whole concept of leadership is really interesting. I have to throw out there. I actually just earlier this week or late last week received my latest box of books from Amazon that I really don't have time to read, but that's uh-huh. where my weakness is. That's okay. We all have weaknesses. Yeah. I'd rather it be book than, you know, a whole bunch of other things. But I mistakenly ordered two copies of Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Who's a phenomenal author. I've never read anything. You're you're in for a treat. You're in for a treat. She's phenomenal. So there is another episode, listeners, but I'm also going to put the offer out here. If you go to the show notes and leave your comments in the show notes about the episode and also whether or not you're interested in being entered in the contest for the second copy, then you will be considered. There's only two episodes that I'm offering this in. One is this Uh one and one I honestly can't remember, I think is episode 534. But to do that, go to the kimsutton.com forward slash PP530, which will contain the show notes and where you can find Cody and just let us know. But I want to hear an aha. You will not be entered unless you share what you liked about the episode. Ooh, challenge. Yeah. 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 So I'm so intrigued, though, about about leadership because my family dynamics was interesting. I'll just leave it at mm-hmm. that. Okay. I went to college for a degree that I later found out I had no passion for. Uh-huh. I 100% understand that. Mm. I did the same thing. I went for interior architecture. You'd never know looking at my house. (laughs) I've had awesome employers and awesome clients. And Mm -hmm. I've also had bad employers and god-awful clients. Mm -hmm. I've had incredible team members, but I've also had horrible team members. Mm -hmm. And one of the common threads that I see throughout with the good ones versus the bad ones is level of communication. Yes. And quality of communication. Definitely. Communication is, is a huge part of, of not just leadership, but just really success in life period. Right. Mm -hmm. If, if you're not able to communicate with people and it's not just speaking words because anybody can say words, right? There's a difference between talking and being heard and understood. And you have to learn the difference between the two, especially if you plan to become a leader, because as you have more people who are a part of your team, part of your family, part of your organization, whatever it is you're a leader in, right? You need to be able to not just talk to these people, but you need to connect with them on a deeper level. And listen. Exactly. I I never realized really that listening and hearing are two different things entirely as well. Uh Uh-huh. Very different things. I mean, deaf people still listen. They might not be able to hear, but they listen. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, and, and, and this is the thing with, with hearing and listening, right? A lot of how we communicate as a society is not actually in our words, right? Like I can say, oh, I liked that, I guess, right? Or there's, I really liked that, right? The words are there, but what communicates it more is how the words were said, And then it goes even further with different facial expressions, your body language, right? Mm. I had had a client who he's very hard-headed person, absolutely one of the best people I know, very hard-headed. And he would get in conversations with people and he he would begin to cross his arms, puff his chest out, right? And that is a very aggressive vibe that you give off when you do that. And he had no idea that was what he was communicating with people, but he did it all the time. And when I saw that and I kind of told him about that, he like, he doesn't want to communicate that to people. He wants people to come in and be free to talk to him. And since then, he's completely changed how he presents himself to people. And he connects with people like a thousand times better than he did before. And it was a lot of it had to do with that one little change. Wow. I like to listen to Michael Hyatt. And Mm -hmm. he shared. Are you familiar with Michael Hyatt? I can't say I am top of my head. Okay, there will be a link in the show notes. Author used to be at the top of a publishing company, might still actually be. And he's got a podcast and books and a big community. And he was actually told that when he was sitting in on team meetings and such, he always wore a frown. Mm -hmm. And people were scared of him and actually thought that, you know, he was unhappy. Yeah. But he never meant to portray that. Yep. It's not the first time I've heard that. Mm-hmm. They never really learned how to smile. And you you think that's kind of a weird concept for some people, right? Like, I, I know for me, I, I laugh and smile almost all the time. It's ridiculous at this point. But some people have never learned how to do that. And they <laughs> they actually have to teach themselves in adulthood how to smile. I did. I had to teach myself. A decade ago, I didn't like I I could. And it wasn't just because I didn't know how to smile, but this goes even beyond that. I was highly unhappy with my life and Mm -hmm. I always thought it was everybody else's fault. So I was Mm. in a perpetual frown. Mm -hmm. It was mindset and, you know, outwardly, you know what I'm trying to say. It's projecting, basically, is what you're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to somebody last week. Uh, I think it was Adam (laughs) Sobieski. And I apologize if it wasn't Adam because I'm just having a brain fart. But the name of the business is The Best Day of My Life. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting a hoodie from them. And I can't wait to wear it to the grocery because people go around the grocery with a perpetual frown. Oh, yeah. It's kind of sad, right? It's almost a a societal thing at this point where people walk around like zombies. Mm -hmm. And I'm not I'm not just talking about looking at your phone. That's that's a whole different topic, too. Right. But but yeah, we as a society, at at least in the United States, a, a lot of people have hit very high levels of depression. It's really sad. And it's almost scary how much power you have when you just walk by someone and smile at them and just acknowledge that they're there. You know what I want, Cody? What's that? And I've thought about this before, but I just don't know if it's street legal. Like I've thought about one of those ticker tapes for the top of my Uh car, just put messages on and it would Uh rotate. If I see somebody's flat tire, you know, I could Uh rotate it and so that they could see it. Your tire's flat. You should probably pull over. But maybe it's not a ticker tape because that could be really distracting. But like yeah, I, unfortunately, I think that might that might not be quite legal. <laughs> yeah, but even like an interchangeable billboard on my car, like a small uh-huh. one, you know, that's just yeah. affixed to it with positive affirmations and thoughts to get people through their day. I mean, we're reading billboards while we're driving on highways. So yeah. why not put it on the car and give them something to to think about. I mean, I've shared on the podcast before that when somebody cuts me off and, you know, flips me the mm-hmm. bird, I smile and I send them an I love you sign language message, you know, and it totally co- confuses them. 
I, I take pleasure <laughs> in that. <laughs> and I'll laugh. You know, yep, yeah, yeah, my three fingers up at you is better than your one back to me because, yep. you know, but it's what we need. And part of the, that does transfer into leadership too because, yeah, you can be getting yelled at by a client or or employer. I've been yelled at by both. Yes. But it takes to me a bigger person to listen, mm-hmm. attempt to calmly collect and put together something back to say or even more just walk away. And often and I'm not saying be the victim here. Often the biggest step of leadership in your own life is just walking away from the situation altogether. Yeah. Bad relationships, bad jobs, bad you know, client work, you name it. Sometimes the best way that you can be a leader is just to walk away. Definitely. No, and and you're 100% correct. That's actually one of the things that I've been discovering is that true, like the people who are legendary leaders create boundaries and they set up expectations. And when those boundaries get broken, those expectations are broken, there are repercussions. And that may, you know, that may just be a polite conversation or it could be a complete disintegration of the of the relationship Mm -hmm. because it's not benefiting either party. One of my team members and I met each other working for the same client and we tried to communicate, but it just kept on getting worse and worse. And finally, we Mm -hmm. realized that for both of us, it just was not a good situation. And disintegration is not always a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. What are you most passionate about right now, Cody? Really, what I'm most passionate about right now is seeing people emerge into who they were meant to be, watching them just grow and come up with new ideas, new realizations that they didn't have before, and then watch them as they become leaders in whatever it is they're doing. That is what I'm passionate about. Do you have any advice for parents who are being led by their children instead of the other <laughs> way around? Yeah, that, that is a fantastic question. You can create the laws of the family, the rules of the family, however you want to say it, and not be a dictator. So many, I, I, I think where a lot of parents find that challenge right now is they feel like if I come up with these rules, I'm a dictator, right? And if if I have to enforce these rules, I'm a dictator and my children will hate me for all time. But you have to realize that as a parent, it's your responsibility to take care of your children. And that means to make sure they grow up and have a good understanding of how to get through life positively, which means there's going to be rules and you know, laws that they have to abide by. And you have to get them used to that. Mm. And that doesn't mean you're a dictator. That just means that you're looking out for your kids. I don't mean to tread on, you know, controversial waters here, but I have to That's put okay, out there I don't that mind. I was spanked as a child. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> and I have spanked my children. I will not deny it at all. But to me, there is a difference between abuse and discipline. Yes. And I think I personally find when people are saying that spanking is abuse, I would beg to differ. There is a difference between abuse. I mean, if it's repeated spanking for no reason, if it's with a belt or a board, you know, there's a line that should not be crossed. But there are some times that it needs to be done. And unfortunately, with technology the way it is now, I mean, I rely on an electronic babysitter a lot more than I should. I'm just putting it out there. I am not present as much as I should be sometimes. But on the flip side, just because my kids are learning stuff at daycare or YouTube kids, which for the most part is pretty good, doesn't mean that it floats in my house. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's one of the big challenges that we have today as a society is when when you allow kids to have free reign to do whatever it is they want, they don't know the difference between right and wrong or what will be beneficial to them or detrimental to them. And when you give them the ac- the literal unparalleled access to information that we have today, it is 
just insane how much access to information there is today. When you just allow them to have free reign, especially as they're younger, their their minds are sponges and they will soak up everything. And if you don't put in the guardrails to help them get down the right path, you're doing them a major disservice. Do you think boundaries are meant to be pushed? I, so, I'm not talking about kids necessarily. Here. Yeah, no, no, no. no. And, and uh, that is a great, uh, that's a beautiful question. I think there's different types of boundaries. Mm-hmm. So there are boundaries in terms of like a relationship and what makes a good relationship, what makes a bad relationship. And then there's boundaries in what's possible and not possible. Mm, I love how you right. differentiated the two. Yeah. Yeah. And so if there are boundaries that you've created for your relationships that are based on, you know, your values, how you want to become as a person based on your vision of the world and where you want to go. Those kind of boundaries shouldn't be pushed because they're, they're a core of who you are. And when, when you allow those boundaries to be broken down, which I've, I've allowed that to happen in my life. So I, I understand how this goes. It's painful and you begin to lose who you are as a person and no one should lose who they are as a person because we all have amazing abilities and talents and things we can bring into the world. And when we lose who we are as a person, I I feel like that's just a major, just a travesty that happens. One thing that I learned from that client that I mentioned earlier, the not so good one, Mm -hmm. was the boundaries. My boundaries were not being listened to. Like nights and weekends, Mm -hmm. those were never part of the contract. But then it became a unspoken part of the contract. And when I couldn't, it got bad. Exactly. I've taken that into my own team. That's not to say that I am not posting stuff and teamwork and tagging team members over the weekend, but I've told them don't respond. You know, they know that I'm not expecting a response on weekends. And if they're sick, I was joking with one team member who will actually be doing the show notes for this episode. She wasn't feeling well. I said, mm-hmm. take time off to feel better or you're fired. <laughs> because- <laughs> that That is how you create boundaries right there. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. I mean, if I can't embrace and put out and, and listeners, I struggle with this. The pillars of our business and the mission of our business. I mean, the pillars are system support and self-care. I struggle the most with self-care. I just need to put it out there. But if I can't uphold it within my own team, how am I ever going to share the message with the world? Exactly. Oh, it, I it would love help if that. it started with me. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need to get like it would be magic if or it, it would be magic. Actually, it would be incredible if there was just an on off switch for me. Yeah. So or um, like clap on. No, what am I trying? Those auto light things that you put into the yeah like for the Christmas clap lights. On, clap offs. Well, uh-huh. But I mean, actually, like the ones that automatically turn the lights on and off at the right time every day like uh, that you use okay. when you're on like on the yeah. holiday. If there was just one that I knew, you better have your butt in bed by 9.59 because at 10 o'clock, the power is being unplugged. That might be a little bit dramatic, but you are going <laughs> to power down for the night and recharge. And there was no if, ands, or what's about it. That would be incredibly life changing for me. Because yeah, I might well, be, last night I fell asleep with my laptop on my lap. You actually had to wait for me to find my earbuds, which I thought have, might have actually been somewhere in the covers of my bed, but they weren't, you know, <laughs> but we shouldn't be falling asleep with our laptops in our bed. Yeah, no. And what you're talking about is actually what I would consider one of the most powerful forms of leadership, which is self-leadership. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have to create those boundaries in your own life, too. And sometimes they are really, really hard to do. But when you allow those boundaries to be broken, I mean, you you were just talking about how you were kind of disorganized this morning and you didn't know where different things were. Yeah. And that's that's what happens when we allow boundaries in our own life to be broken is things get disorganized out of shape. Yeah. 
So listeners, as I said, I was looking in my bed for my earbuds. As it turned out, they were hanging off the side of my desk. I was looking all over the house for them. You're working on your book. Yes. Do you read? I read as often as I can. Mm -hmm. I tend, uh, I read a lot of articles online and then I watch a lot of videos and I do that more often than I read books, but I've been going at about, I would say 20 books a year, Whoa! which it's not as good as I would like it to be, but it's, it's probably better than most people. Someday when you have kids, you'll look yeah. back upon 20 books a year and think, <laughs> oh my gosh, that was amazing. Like my goal right now is one a month. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I do. I was yeah. listening to Brendan Burchard. He's been reading a book a week for something like 20, 25 years. That's absolutely amazing to me. But it, it just, we all have to realize that we have a season and this just might not be the season for that. But what are a couple of the books that have made the biggest impact on you, your business relationships, etc. <laughs> That's a awesome question because there are literally so many books out there that you I think you need to read if you want to have success in life. I'm trying to think of good ones that aren't necessarily What's well the first known. one that pops to head? Give us one. Well the first thing that pops to my mind is anything written by John Maxwell. <laughs> Okay. I've never read any of his stuff either. Okay. John Maxwell, he's phenomenal. And I, I may be slightly biased here because I'm a John Maxwell certified coach. Okay. But he's been teaching on leadership for about 60 years. And he's written over 100 books on leadership. And so it sounds like a lot, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of his most popular books is going to be The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. That Thank one's you. Kinda, I was going to ask you like yeah, for one. Definitely. That one's kind of a cornerstone of his work. Hmm. And it's basically just 21 laws that leaders need to follow to be extremely effective. Another one I would say is The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, which is all about personal development. How do you become good at personal development, which I think is essential if you're going to have success in life. Another good one, because we were talking about communication earlier, is called Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. I'm over here laughing. <laughs> I just choked on my protein shake. Um, <laughs> when you said everyone, I was waiting to hear where it went to because I was thinking about my kids. Everyone uh -huh. poops. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> However, I mean, the emperor or king of North Korea would argue that, you know, it's it is the truth. I mean, every <laughs> but OK, everyone communicates uh, in what few connect. Mm. And that one is and I was talking about this earlier is the difference between talking and and being heard and understood. Yes. It's the difference between saying the words and actually getting the connection with people. Mm. So John Maxwell, pretty much anything by him. Another one, I'm going to start with the author. His name's Napoleon Hill. Yep. Phenomenal author. His most famous work is Think and Grow Rich, which this book is one of the top books in success principles, period. More people have credited that book to helping them become a millionaire than any other book. Cody, so I, I don't get it. What's up? I read it and I mm -hmm. just didn't get it. Maybe I need to reread it. Like I got it. Like I understood. Yeah. But people rave about it. And to me, <laughs> it was perhaps I just need to give it a second chance. And sometimes that's what it is, because the first time I went through the book, I didn't completely understand it either. Honestly, it's a little bit dense of a read. And it's it's a lot of the concepts are they seem very small, but they're a lot more powerful than they appear. And I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up in it is like you, you would think like, you know, this makes millionaires and these must be really complex ideas and thoughts. And they're not complex ideas and thoughts mm -hmm. necessarily. And it's the little things that usually make the biggest differences. Yeah. Now I'm going to put you on the spot here. 
Sure. The one thing that I did carry out of the book, which I thought was so fascinating, was he was talking about his internal board of directors. Yes. Oh, I love that section. Yeah. Who would be on your internal board of directors? Uh, John Maxwell is is a big one for me. I would put Yoda on there because mm. I'm a major nerd and I love Star Wars. Yeah. I would put St. Francis of Assisi on there. I mean, he had phenomenal ideas in the Christian faith. Um, and if it's not apparent, I'm a Christian. And his concepts really helped me heal a, a large part of my faith, which was really cool. On top of that, he is just a really cool heroic figure that I think you can admire even if you're not a Christian. So definitely him. I would put Napoleon Hill on there as well, just because I feel like it would be weird not to include him as a part of that group. Hmm. And those are the ones that are top of my mind. It's really funny that you brought that up. I thought it would be a really interesting podcast if you could do that as a podcast, right? Like have this dialogue with the different characters that you put on your board. That would be so fascinating. Right? Yeah. That's what I thought. And it, it would be really hard to do, especially if you have people who aren't alive anymore. But technology is getting to a point that you, you can do some really cool stuff. There's software that's out there where you can put phrases and words through it and it begins to understand how the person talks and can mimic how their language sounds. And then you can type out what it is you'd want them to say and it'll say it as if that person said it. So like I could record Yoda speaking through the software and then type in what I would want Yoda to say and the software will say it. As Yoda? As Yoda, exactly. Oh, that's amazing. Right? And so I I think that would be such a very interesting, thought-provoking podcast. It would be really hard to do, I think. Not something I'd work on right now, but I think that would be a really cool idea for the future. That would be so cool. If you ever do that, I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I was watching a, a new Disney movie last night, Coco, I think. Yes. It's... Oh, I love Coco. That yeah. movie is, is one, it's just absolutely beautiful work of art. Yeah. And then two, the story is amazing. The just story phenomenal. is amazing. Now, I don't want to give it away to people who haven't listened. Yeah. But what I found really interesting is that people aren't always who you think they are. Yes. Is that enough to say without giving away anything? Oh, no, that's, that is absolutely beautiful. And I would even one up that saying that it, sometimes it's the least likely people that have the biggest difference in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. So for that reason, it's not least likely, but like my own personal John Maxwell is not John Maxwell. It's mm-hmm. actually... Brendan Burchard. Yeah. Like I say, read any of his books. That Exactly. And then, so I would have him and Daniel Laporte. And then beyond that, I'd need people who would push me outside of the comfortable. I mean, Brendan Burchard, I've shared with listeners before. I thought high performance was, or meant push, push, push. Mm-hmm. But it actually, I mean, it starts with taking care of ourselves. And I think that's yeah. where a lot of highly successful, want to be successful entrepreneurs get it wrong because it's push 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 instead of wait a second mm-hmm. you know so outside of that i would have to really think about who else because there's got to be that point outside the comfort zone but like sam carpenter has a book called work the system and it's uh-huh, i've heard of, of it yeah yeah it's all about setting up your standard operating procedures and that needs to be done if we're going to grow and it, it leads the team and, and in my case, the team is building our standard operating procedures. Mm-hmm. So, but then I want to look back at who, f- like I have my own Bible people, Joseph, I mean, mm-hmm. sold in or sold into slavery, goes to prison. I think it's such a amazing story. And, yeah. and Job, you know? Oh, yes, Job. Yeah. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't know who else would be on mine. I have people that I would love to meet someday. I want to have a super soul conversation with Oprah. 
Yes, that would be so cool. Yeah. I think that's like on everyone's bucket list, whether they realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was taken through a visualization exercise to picture what I'll be wearing, how the birds will sound. And I thought it was amazing. So the hymns of the angel choirs as you walk into the room. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I've already asked you what you're most passionate about right now. What yeah. are you most excited about in the next 90 days? But before you answer that, is your book going to be ready in the next 90 days? Or when is that competition set to be wrapped up? And how can listeners support you? I forgot to mention I stack 15 yeah. questions on top of each other. <laughs> no worries. So um, the book is online right now. And it's in pre-order mode. So it's at it's called publishizer.com slash legendary dash leadership. You can go there. There's a video explanation. And then there is uh, basically a whole synopsis. There is an outline of what's going to be in the book, the audience it's for, the little bit about me. And there's some more in there that kind of goes more in depth. And then there's different levels that you can pre-order. And it's all going to be cheaper if you pre-order now than if you decide to get any of these things later in the future. So it it works kind of like a Kickstarter. I was about to say, is this like a Patreon or a Kickstarter? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very similar to Kickstarter. But the really interesting thing with this is that the organization that does it, they're called Publishizer. They have connections with over 200 major publishers. And so so when you get these pre-orders, right? One, the pre-orders help me win the contest. So if you guys can help me win the contest, I would be eternally grateful. And you you can get recognition in the book. And there's there's a whole bunch of other things. You can read it on the page. And then the thing is, based on how many pre-orders you're able to get, they bring your book concept to these different publishers. Mm. And if the publishers want your book idea, they can basically bid for your book idea. And then you have negotiating power with these publishers, which I think is phenomenal business model. Yeah. For anyone who wants to become an author, I think that's really powerful if you can get the pre-orders in. Wow. Now, yeah, exactly. And so... Um, and just because it's a pre-order doesn't... It's just because it's available for pre-order doesn't mean the book is finished yet. Exactly. Exactly. So you don't even have to have the book completely written as long as you have kind of the outline of what it is you're going to do. And and the thing is, usually when you take a book concept to a publisher anyways, they're going to probably talk to you about changing certain things because they have an understanding of how books sell well and don't sell well. Yep. And so you'll you'll probably want to get their expertise too. Yeah. And so that's kind of the beauty. You probably shouldn't even have it done before you go to the the publishing companies. Yeah, no, I've actually been told that for my book, get the outline and then the first chapter, maybe up to three chapters. And that's that's what my agent's going to submit to publishers. Exactly. Yeah. My book is Chronic Idea Disorder, but I have Chronic Idea Disorder, which is why it's not (laughs) going out yet. Hold on, hold on. Let me ask a quick question. Does that mean that you come up with more ideas than you know what to do with? Oh, about a gazillion more. Okay, awesome. I have that same disorder. So Uh this book sounds like something fantastic that I need. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's why looping back to previous in conversation, like when I put things like clean out my inbox, Mm -hmm. that should not be happening because and I didn't. Thankfully, I crossed it off after my conversation yesterday, but it could have taken me four hours to clean out my inbox and respond or Uh I could have been writing for four hours. Exactly. At the end of the and day, I did neither. <laughs> 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 but, you know, the better I get at delegating, the more time I'll have for content creation. So Exactly. Cody, this has been such a fun conversation. And I, I really do think that we need a part two because we didn't even I would jump into to have a part two because yeah. this has been just just a ton of fun. This yeah. is this is exactly how I like to spend days is talking to awesome people like you, Kim. Oh, thank you. I just feel like we we didn't even jump into the meat of Cody yet. So let's, let's <laughs> definitely we'll, we'll coordinate that. Listeners, there will be a link in the show notes when you can find that part, too. But where can listeners we know the publisher? Yeah. Oh, OK, so that's not bad as local 
coyote. I got it. (laughs) I wasn't even looking at it, and I got it that time. Publishizer, we have that link. Where else can listeners find you online and connect with you? So I also have a website. It is lococoyote.enterprises. So that's Mm. www.lococoyote.enterprises. And if that's really hard for you to, to figure out, you can always go on, I have a Facebook, I have a LinkedIn, and then I also just recently got an Instagram. And actually the same place I met you, Kim, I met Tom Singer, and he challenged me to get an Instagram because he said there's no reason to wait. So I decided to get an Instagram. I still haven't figured out how to use it. So that's going to be a fun thing. But you can find me on Instagram, too. And the website is uh, on any of those platforms. Fabulous. And listeners, if you're driving, if you're trying not to cook dinner, if you're working out, go to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP530, where we will include all of Cody's links for you. Thank you so much again, Cody. Thank you. Like I said before, this has just been a ton of fun. Just we, we talked about some just phenomenal stuff and Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. I just can't believe I said everybody poops. With that said, what is your last piece of parting advice or a golden <laughs> nugget? Sorry, I know I was, it's hard to I follow was, that up. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was laughing so hard. I just recently released uh, my own podcast. And there's something that I like to say at the end of every episode. And it's this. It's time. Wake up your potential, let go of your fears and anxieties, and let's discover what is possible. Emerge and become who you were meant to be. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.